0: My name is Maximus Decimus
1: Meridius. I am. Yo, you know what I was thinking about this morning? What? (laughs) When people on Twitter are like, when they say to you, yo, is Great Gatsby a riff on Great Gatsby? You should just be like, nah, it's a riff on the Great Danton. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually perfect. I'm absolutely going to fucking start doing
2: that. I just never understand when people ask me, I'm like, like, what do you think? Like, really just think but honestly, about it. like, just because it's both like shitting on them,
1: but also like a killer reference. <laughs>
2: that's pretty, that's pretty great. I like that. And welcome back to the post credit pod today. We are very excited to welcome the Diz Insider guys onto the show. Why? Because we are going to mother effing war with them. It is post credit pod versus verse Diz Insider in a Pixar movie draft. We're each going to draft the ideal. Fantastical five film roster of Pixar films, and then everyone out there, every all the listeners, all the Twitter followers, everyone, you guys will vote on who has the better squad. But as is usual, before we get to our our main topic, we've got to hit Hold some up. news, Eric. Wait
1: a minute. First things first, Brandon, my friend. Let me wish you a very happy what 29th? 29th
2: birthday, I'm an 29th old man.
1: Birthday. Wow. Thank One you, more That's year appreciate. until uh, until he's on death door.
2: Yeah, seriously. One more I year, and can I, until I can officially start yelling at kids in their skateboards and their their hoopty music.
1: <laughs> but seriously, man, happy birthday! Hope you have a solid, dope weekend, solid content week for your birthday. So
2: much appreciated, dude, and happy belated birthday to you as well, March fifth. We got the Pisces bros up in here.
1: Right, it's that knowledge. It's that we've we've lived many lives. They say that the Pisces are like a culmination of all the ones that come before it. Cause it's the, it's like, it's at the end of the astrological calendar or something. I didn't so know it's that. It's supposed to be like a combination of, of all of the ones prior. So right, well, I don't know
2: what the fuck my previous lives were doing, but like, couldn't they have like gone into a richer field than media? What am I doing here? All right. Where are we? News time? <laughs> yeah. We got to do some news, man. First up marvel studios rumored to be planning two separate spider-man franchises so i won't lie full transparency i saw this trending on twitter and just immediately scrolled by it because i thought it was you know some of those ridiculous we got this covered type rumors but apparently there might be some i I don't know I, i just thought that's what it was i didn't put in any effort so i don't even know what the plans were for the franchises and apparently it might be rooted a little bit more in reality i don't know
1: I mean, here's why I think it makes total sense, right? Because it makes total sense. Like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, hey, big brain right there. I know. Well, dude, it's Friday. I, you know, I'm notoriously slow on these mornings. As soon as I heard that, I was like, Oh, of course. Like, that's brilliant. So not only do they get two unique Spider-Man franchises, and not only do they create the possibility for those two Spider-Man to overlap, but they create... They could use these two Spider-Man in different Avengers franchises. As what, well. what
2: were the plans? I didn't even read what the plans were. So let were. me
1: uh essentially like they're gonna split it up in like a Tom Holland Spider-Man, they're gonna follow him to college. And then Ooh. Miles is just Ooh. gonna go through his normal young Spider-Man thing. And then he around Jerome
2: for Miles Morales.
1: And then they wanna have him be part of the young avengers which also just makes total sense all right so oh that would be cool it, it came from that hashtag show oh okay
2: so like you know definitely better than a, a we got this covered situation yeah, right yeah there. Cool. yeah
1: so i mean look
2: again rumor 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 big time but very cool i, I would be up for that plan i think that actually and this sounds has like a really good a idea slow
1: week so, so that's why you know this is kind of <laughs> our lead here but when you look at how well into the spider-verse did as soon as that happened the Miles Morales live action clock started. You know what I mean? Like it was only a matter of time from that point on. So doing so in a way that like gives them flexibility, like this could be their workaround of how they let Sony do their Sony thing for two years, like let them do their own Spider-Man thing. And then he comes back, you know, who? I just think that this from all angles, from the creators, from the business suits, for the fans all of this just makes complete sense and that is why i think there's some truth to it
2: i could get behind this and not to name drop but i did interview brian Ty- tyree henry a few years ago and i asked he voices miles dad in into the spider-verse and i asked him if he would want to reprise his role in live action even though he's going to be in a, in eternals obviously that takes him off the board but he was like dude i would be stoked to, uh, to reprise that. So maybe right. if they could figure it out where like he's in Eternals and he's in the Sony-verse or something, I don't know, but that, that would be cool. Moving on, keeping with Marvel though, earlier this week at Disney's annual shareholders meeting, they announced that Black Widow is holding firm to its May 7th theatrical only release date. I was a little bit surprised, Eric, because I thought maybe it might move into F9's vacated later May release date. I also thought it was possible that they could do a, uh, a hybrid release like they did for Raya and they did for Mulan where it hits theaters and uh, Disney Plus. But you know, I, I'm stoked that they're confident enough that we could be reopening by, by early May. And I don't think under even the best of circumstances, it's going to hit a billion given this, the environment that we're in here and domestically. But could it help rejuvenate theatrical movie going with like a pandemic best $35 million opening, something like that? Totally. So I would love to see Marvel kind of spearhead the return with a good performance, given the circumstances.
1: Now, A, we are so fucking back. Let's go. (laughs) I mean, that is just so hype. Now, I don't want to get too woke on the pod, but last night, Biden just came out and said, like, by May 1st, all adults can get their vaccine. So, you know, Disney is all powerful. Maybe they had a little sneak preview of what the president was going to say in his speech. I don't know, you know. <laughs> but the timing of that, right? Like, think about it. Like, Brandon, there's a very realistic chance that 28-year-old or how old am I? Yeah, 28-year-old me and 29-year-old you have our shots by then. So, what is stopping us from going to see it? Nothing. And that is why I think you're undervaluing not only the the rate of vaccination. Yes. The theaters will still be at, I think, New York is doing 25% full, which obviously eats into its net gross. But I think you're underrating the appetite for normalcy. People are going to be like, I want to go to the movies and see a fucking Scarlet Johansson, <laughs> Black Widow film. I don't care if I didn't see Far From Home or Endgame or that she's dead. I just want that experience. It's a star a bunch of stars. Our boy David Harbour playing a Russian superhero? He's my like, man. He went to my
2: high school, so I will always love him. Really?
1: Awesome guy. Love that. So I think you're undervaluing the value of people just wanting to get out and do things that they haven't been able to do in a year.
2: Listen, I, I hope so. I hope it's a huge hit. I hope the movie is actually good itself. You know, I'm I'm clearly rooting for this, the return of theaters, for the success of, of Marvel. So I, I can't wait to fucking see it personally. Uh, Michael B. Jordan officially confirmed as the director of Creed 3. You know, Eric, for a fan of movies and a fan of good sports movies and for a fan of Michael B. Jordan, I don't understand how you've never seen either Creed I'm not a or boxing,
1: Creed boxing. Uh, because I'm not a boxing... You don't like player. Rocky? Again, oh you God. you know I have this ageism thing with films, which I, it's I'll its timeless
2: tell you. though. It transcends era, and it's and not that I don't like generation. Rocky.
1: It's not that I don't like Rocky. It, like I'm not saying that. It's just that uh, boxing films for me have never done it because I, they even my boy Jake G in Southpaw. I'm like, all right, that's the same as every boxing movie I've I've ever seen, except his wife dies in this one spoiler alert and sorry you're,
2: you're but, missing out man i mean listen uh, I, i'm biased i used to box i love boxing i love the sport but like the rocky it doesn't matter if you're you know a, a guy girl old young sports fan or not Rocky films are amazing. I mean, the original Rocky was nominated for Best Picture. Come on.
1: I know, I know. And Sly fucking wrote it. And directed it. And and he was like on the verge of being broke at the time. All the respect in the world to the franchise and Creed and everything they've done since and the fact that they're as good as they are is a testament to Coogler, is a testament to B. Jordan, all that shit. I get it. Obviously, now I'm going to watch Creed 1 and 2 at some point. It's just, I'm never feeling like, oh, a boxing movie, like, let me predict this beat for beat while I watch it. Three years oh, after it came out. I mean, yeah. Anyone so- can
2: predict it this, this long after it came out through the ether. But listen, I'm excited for Michael B. Jordan to make his feature directorial debut. Because he's a guy who's been shaping scripts. He's been an active producer. He has his own uh, production company, Outlook Studios, I believe is the name. So, you know, he's a guy who is clearly a kind of multi-hyphenate who wants to direct the course of his own career. And I'm really excited from a creative standpoint to see what's next in this new chapter, this new arena for Michael B. Jordan. Can yeah, he add sure. yet another impressive weapon to his arsenal?
1: Plus feel like, you know, the creeds are pretty big films, right? Yeah, man. And they're if good. If he comes and knocks it out of the park, there's no telling what job he might get next. Give
2: him static shock next.
1: or Right? Yeah. See, so those are the types of conversations that we could have because Pulling something off, like not just a Creed, but the third one and probably the final one. That's a big task. Yeah.
2: All right. So (laughs) this is another hilarious story. Phil Lord, Chris Miller, the guys behind uh, Into the Spider-Verse and the 21 Jump Street movies. uh, They are teaming up to produce uh, with Elizabeth Banks directing a story about the cocaine bear, which is a true story of a bear that somehow got into like seven pounds of cocaine, like ate a bunch of it went on a rampage, then had a heart attack and died, which I I don't know how that's a movie, but I know it's hilarious. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yes, but here's the problem with that. It's hilarious, right? And then you think of the talent involved. It's being produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. It's being directed by Elizabeth Banks. So obviously she has that comedic background. Obviously, as you just said, the source material is an inherently hilarious idea. A poor bear, Look, but, but but I, I want to see that unstoppable bear. But Deadline described it as a character-driven thriller, and it's going to be about the drug dealer who dropped the bag of cocaine. Which is I, like I would rather I would rather like yes, have the drug dealer in it, but I would rather a comedy about like the townspeople like dealing with it or something. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you know you have all this as you just said a, a hilarious idea prestigious comedic talent at the top and then to try to subvert it i'm sure it'll still be good and i'm sure it'll still be funny but when i read character driven thriller and you're gonna call the movie cocaine bear (laughs) i mean what are we doing here let's find our lane and stick to it like at least go full pixar route everybody knows if you want to make a prestige character driven film you need to add the to it and call it the cocaine bear
2: and to just borrow from Zack Snyder, everybody knows.
1: Um, i got to be honest with you. The second I saw that scene.
2: I love that scene. I know you don't like it. I
1: love it. Yeah, it, it was over. It was a wrap. I do. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> but All that's right.
2: straight from Snyder. That's not Whedon.
1: I know. So I'm going to have to live through that again, I guess. But whatever.
2: I, I guess so. he'll say. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier premieres next week just like we did for WandaVision we will be doing like weekly recaps reviews evaluation analysis speculation uh Eric do you have any big predictions or final thoughts as we roll into the next phase of Marvel's fledgling Disney plus empire
1: all right so one is sort of about the fandom itself right I am hoping the fandom reels itself back in after what we just went through with WandaVision and as we talked about are able to compartmentalize their theories and their expectations for the show. Because for while me, like, I was able to engage in the WandaVision theories. And despite the fact that most, if not all of them, did not come true, I was still able to enjoy the show. So I hope everybody collectively is able to take that sort of mindset into this show and just enjoy it and stop worrying about predicting You can still predict and theorize that's half the fun of it, right? But don't light a torch if it doesn't go your way. And essentially not only give the creators unwilling shit, dude, I watched the making of WandaVision doc this morning and the background and the amount of work that goes into this shit is unbelievable. So not only are you unfairly giving the creators shit because they don't treat you like a spoiled baby, but you are... (laughs) But you're undercutting your own enjoyment of the show. So that's one thing that I. Preach, man. Predict.
2: President next- of fandom just putting out his platform. This is my re-election speech, son. It's
1: Friday. It's the weekend. The sun is out. I've got Chick-fil-A on the fucking way. So oh, wow. I'm feeling dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. I'm like feeling it. dangerous today. There uh, we go. And then the next thing I want to say is I th- I'm actually really looking forward to it's comedic elements uh which i think will pop up and surprise people as one of their favorite parts of the show yes it's going to be a big budget action thriller type but i think the buddy cop comedy is one of the niche film genres we've seen themes of it stripped out and used in other genres but that genre is sort of dead i can't remember the last time i saw a genuinely good buddy cop action comedy so
2: let's be cops is underrated with jake johnson but uh, but that's
1: kind of old at this point that's
2: that's a few few years probably 2017 ish if i had to guess way older
1: than that i'll google it right now
2: i mean listen a lot of people don't like that 2014
1: brandon that was seven years ago
2: yeah yeah i am
1: old fuck me dude just last week i think on the pod i pointed out fuck i just realized 2014 was seven years ago that's crazy reeling it back in. I am looking forward to the genuine comedic parts of this show. I think you could obviously see that they have the timing for it, right? There's that scene where in Civil War where he's like, can you move your seat up? And it's like, no. They obviously have that timing. And then there was that clip that just came out this week where they're Talking about like the big three androids, <laughs> aliens, and uh, wizards or something, and then he's like, dude, he's not a wizard, and you could just see that they get the back and forth, great chemistry between so them. So, I'm really hyped on that part. B, you uh, listen, i similar to WandaVision,
2: it's like, oh, these are secondary characters, and of all the characters that are getting Disney Plus expansions, these are the two I'm least interested, least excited for, and yet after watching WandaVision transform relatively side background names into maybe my most favorite characters of all definitely my favorite relationship and romance in all of the MCU I'm completely on board with being totally uh overwhelmed in terms of my expectations and their execution I am no longer going into this well you know it's traditional it's straightforward I I couldn't care less about Falcon or Winter Soldier I'm now like Fucking trust in Marvel even more. So yeah, right. You know that
1: you know that they're gonna find the way. Manager of my favorite soccer team, Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp. He says football is the most important of the least important things. And Marvel is sort of the same way, right? Like they are able to make the shit that doesn't matter matter, and that is their most press. Not their most, but one of the most amazing things that they do is that they're. The MCU alone was launched with what was thought of at the time as their B-list player, right? No X-Men,
2: no Spider-Man. They had to do with, you know, secondary.
1: So not And they still haven't introduced most of their A-list talent. So the fact that they're going deeper, they're going deeper in their roster of characters, but then are therefore also able to tell deeper stories because these aren't the top level godlike beings. These are more nuanced people with human characteristics bucky is one of the most tragic figures in the mcu and now he's a full-blown good guy so you know i predict that yes there's gonna be some heavy yes it's gonna be funny action thriller all that shit but as you just said there's gonna be some scenes where it's like damn this shit hurts dude
2: yeah and speaking of kind of those mythic godlike figures snyder cut of Justice League does come out next week. Now I have already seen it, so I'm gonna refrain from you know going too deep. Anyone interested, I have a piece coming out Monday noon Eastern time on Observer, uh Observer.com. You can check out my deeper thoughts there. Eric, as someone who has not yet seen it, but will be watching it soon. What are your thoughts? As somebody who's this? not
1: yet seen it, Brandon. You're, you're, you're it? watching it tonight. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm busting your balls. <laughs> uh yes, I am hopefully getting it either tonight or tomorrow. I said to you in a text that the one thing I wish is I hope that nightmare Superman tears Joker's fucking head off. That's kind of the one thing that I hope happens. So I kind of have a spiel on this one and it sort of goes back to my childhood. Like I remember being a kid when I didn't like the food that my mom and dad would give me and I would bitch about it. And I think I told this on the pod yeah. during the draft. So I'll just say it quick now. My mom, I remember being taught by my mom to put things in perspective. And as we've been saying on this show for a long time, The Justice League bar that needs to be cleared is so low that this film is going to do that. So just like I said about Falcon and Winter Soldier, I hope people go into this, myself included, not looking to fulfill what they wanted it to be or what they would hoped it would be, but just to take a step back and appreciate the fact you're getting an original film with a budget of, if you include what they spent on it in this past year alone, what brandon around 250 million dollars i mean a lot of money you are getting a four hour 250 million dollar superhero film with some of the archetypal comic book figures of all time with one of the most powerful comic book villains of all time delivered to your home on a thursday at noon So I just want people to appreciate that and go into this, leave all the baggage of the last four years and of that first film at the door and go into this and fucking enjoy it. Cause you're only going to get a chance to watch this for the first time once. And, you know, again, as I just said about that coach, these are some of the most important, least important things, entertainment and enjoying yourself is one of those.
2: All right, let's go to our quick hitters. Kiersey Clemens has rejoined the Flash. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know she was out as Iris West.
1: It's been a whole train wreck yeah. clusterfuck. I mean, this film has been, right? But now she's locked in and loaded. Filming starts next month, but with Supergirl and the two Batmans. and There's a lot you know. going on. But Andy Muschietti, I think I'm saying that, right? M- so. Muschetti. look, he's done some great work. Um, He is, you know, the feat that he pulled off with it, it being as good as it was. And sort of out of nowhere is amazing. And I also think that, and yes, I'm probably reading too much into it, but that video of him telling Sasha Cali that she got the role, just his sort of general vibe. I was like, you know what? I trust this dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was a that nice, was a heartwarming video for sure. So yes, they've got a lot to balance, but I think that this guy might be able to pull it off because he seems to have that light touch that it might take. You know, it was a horror film, but it was also like a coming of age, heartwarming, not heartwarming, but uh, similar to those 80s coming of age stories. So balancing those two things, if he could do that, I hope he could do this as well.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has said he has no interest in playing a live action Thrawn in the Star Wars universe, which puts to bed my years long uh, dream fan cast for, for a character I've always been very enamored with. So unfortunate, but hey, Lars Mikkelsen's great too. So just just have him jump from animation to live
1: action. I'm so glad you brought that up. One of the weirdest things I find about hardcore fandom is that they, is because they think somebody voiced a role that that means they're the best choice to play it in live action. I'm thinking of what
2: 99% of the time, not true.
1: You know, like and, I, that, I, like, and I specifically bring this up because I once wrote about who I thought should play Red Hood, and someone came back to me and was like, it should be Jensen Ackles, the guy on some show who voiced it in the 2010 Red Hood film. And I'm like, dude, who? Like, what are you talking about, people? These people are trying to make money. So on no earth are they going to cast lars mickelson No, oh, they has, might as
2: i mean lars mickelson's been a live action no. actor for for a long time yeah, yeah
1: so. but exactly and nobody's heard of him
2: <laughs> this guy i, I this, think this, they this, could do lars, lars mickelson in live for live action throne. i think that's a very big possibility which i'd be fine with. i'll I bet you i'll bet back. you be the first the first post-cred
1: pod bet how's that sound <laughs>
2: I mean, sure. Like I, I I could also see them going a completely different route. But like, yeah, I'll take the bet. What do you all want All right. About?
1: So everyone at home, write that one down and check back to us. Well, what do we What are
2: what are the stakes of the bet? Figure that out later. Announce yeah. it on Twitter. All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Out. All right.
2: Fair enough. Uh the final season of Better Call Saul begins production soon. Uh, one of the best dramas on television over the last several years. If you're not watching, start watching. That's all I gotta say.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's it.
2: Uh, She-Hulk and Moon Knight start filming in a few weeks. I mean, we are unabashed Moonlight lovers here because uh, Moon Knight lovers here because of Oscar Isaac and everything. So super excited for that. Also excited for She-Hulk because apparently Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock may show up. That's that's on the rumor sphere.
1: Wow, I like that dude. Be, yeah, Fantastic. And like, but this could be a case where I'm wrong, right? Like, he would be somebody that I would think Marvel would want to recast, you know? But guess not.
2: I think of all, of all the Netflix Marvel things. he. Oh, I
1: guess if he's playing a bit role, then it's not a I big deal. I mean, deal. listen,
2: he's also rumored to potentially pop up in Spider-Man 3. I feel like
1: he's somebody that you could build a film around, you know? I, I so. think keep
2: him in, in Wilson, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk.
1: And, yes. You know, trash yes. everything else. Yeah.
2: Uh, the boy spinoff nears a series order at Amazon as Jazz Sinclair from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Lizzie Broadway from Here and Now have been cast in lead roles in the series. Uh, it takes place basically at a college exclusive uh-huh. for superheroes. Um, listen, the boys has become Amazon's flagship series. So, you know, more power to them. Good luck expanding the franchise. Josh Holloway, who lost fans know as Sawyer, will be starring in J.J. Abrams's upcoming series, Duster. Good to see my man still working, still getting them checks. Always like Sawyer.
1: Yeah, and this is a a, a ruffle, but I think he's playing like a getaway car driver in like yeah, the 1970s like midwest and things go from bad to worse so sign he's, me up
2: he's you know just look at his face he's perfectly suited for that role
1: exactly Right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and then lastly netflix is finally cracking down on password sharing after basically a decade of just absolute chaos in the jungle of, of sharing passwords uh kind of the end of an era sadly you know that was college was built around netflix password sharing
1: i've been paying for my own for some time now because i need that 4k upgrade.
2: Yeah, I mean my first paycheck with my first big time full-time job post-college. I bought a Netflix subscription and, and I was very proud of it. Oh
1: wow, ballin'.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was my oh. that was like the only thing I was working towards, and I, I accomplished it. We're gonna take a quick break, then we're going into our Pixar draft. You can watch Post cred Pod absolutely demolish Diz Insider on their own turf as we get into the Pixar Draft. <laughs> Welcome back <laughs> to the postcredit Pod. Guys, I am so excited for this segment. Please welcome the Diz Insider, Skyler Schuler, Derek Cornell, friends of the pod. But finally, we now have them on for a big mono-imo draft. What's up, guys? How you doing today? Good. What's Thanks for coming on, man?
0: on. I'm super stoked.
2: You're so welcome for coming on because we're about to dominate you. So like, oh, I'll be yeah. okay. right now, and then we're just gonna get get it on. This
3: okay, might be well, this might be your podcast, but you're stepping into our territory. That's <laughs> true. That
1: is very that genuinely worries me. Now, that, that <laughs> that's last true. time, last time I saw Skyler, he was fresh off of beating Brandon, I believe, in the Star Wars draft. Oh, so, I remember. I, this that is still
2: the most <laughs> absurd voting ever. But,
1: Listen, this is we, so this is the this is the current belt holder I, returning to the show because that's the last draft we did, I think. So yeah. this is big. I will
3: I will say this. We speak very highly of Brandon on this sh- on, on our show, the, the Diz Insider show.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everybody still asks about you too. Uh, like, when is
3: Brandon and, coming and, back on? And and all, hey. and people have started to ask when Eric's coming on, but I saw a draft that you guys did called the what was it, the comic book movie draft.
2: No, it's a and superhero, superhero just,
3: draft. Okay, and I just watched Eric dominate Brandon. <laughs> no no disrespect. I, I love you Brandon, but I watched so we're both kind of scared. I got to win, your team's got to win. So so,
1: so that's why I scared. point out that while your Disney knowledge scares me, I am a like I'm like a shark drafter. Like I don't so much approach the films, but more so the drafting strategy and what I think He's you're sure. going to take and how we could build the best team around that. So I'm not going to reveal my tricks yet. I just want y'all to know we've done our (laughs) research. Oh, good. Skylar, give me
0: a taste of how you operate, Eric. And he said that you're a draft genius. So we're going to see. So we'll see. Guys, he's
2: a guru. I'm not going to lie. Now, now before we get into it, anyone listening who doesn't know, Diz Insider, one of the best outlets for all things Disney. That's animation. That's Star Wars Lucasfilm. That's Marvel. Everything. You guys got to check them out. Twitter, Instagram. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, who hasn't tuned into our previous drafts, we are going one by one. So as the guest, the Diz insider will make their first pick. They'll say their little blurb, their argument as to why that is their first pick. If we have any vehement disagreements, we will disagree and then we will make our pick and then vice versa. So it's just a nice little back and forth. We get to have a little open table debate. I'm oh so man. excited.
1: <laughs> Here we go. Do you guys do you guys do like fantasy sports? Yeah, Yeah, I play football every year. So, like, same vibe kind of, right? Like, it brings that sort of, there there is something about drafting and just wanting to squash people. That gets me hyped. I will tell
0: you right now, I come in last every year because I am the worst drafter. (laughs) So, I'm glad I have him.
2: Listen, (laughs) I'm I'm a great fantasy football drafter, but clearly this is not fantasy football. This is even more intense. Exactly.
3: (laughs) Yeah, this is stuff we all know, the four of us. Yes. (laughs) Makes it a little more fun.
2: All right, guys, so if you want to take it away and announce your first pick to the world, we will commence the Let's, Diz Insider versus Post-Cred Pod Pixar movie draft.
3: Are we? Bing, are we, bing, bing. Are we happy with that first pick, my friend? Yeah, I think we're going to go with this one. All right, so Pixar, th- this, is, this was a tough draft. You, you look at Pixar, and they are the epitome of animation. Heavy hitters. Disney animation has continued to be the standard, but Pixar has really kind of stood its you know, as the animation king, with Sony Pictures Animation Studios kind of coming right there, Illumination and DreamWorks right on, hot on its tail. We're taking the best Pixar movie, and it's not even an original. We're taking Toy Story 2. And here's, here's why, well. <laughs> here's why, here's why.
2: stealing Woody? Stealing. do something! woody was
1: kidnapped woody once risked his life to save me i couldn't call myself his friend if i were willing to do the same no hold on let me just say first brandon i forgot that skyler is a left field drafter he did this to you last (laughs) time he's doing it again and i completely
2: fucking
3: forgot about it
2: full-on curveballs left and right
3: listen Wow, Toy Story 2 does everything the first film did but better. It introduces us to even more uh characters from the first film that stood the test of time have become become staples within the Walt Disney company and Characters that fans gravitate to. When you look at characters, Jesse. like Jesse, Stinky Pete, Bullseye. You look at the intro- the live action introduction of, or not live action, but the introduction of Zerg as a character. Yeah. And Zerg is, you know, vehemently buzzes Darth Vader, and you get a a Star Wars tease within that movie. You get ultimately one of the best villains from Stinky Pete, which becomes an ultimate twist on, uh, in the film itself. Is it's funny. It's sad. It's got one of the saddest sequences within Pixar, but that's not saying too well, much considering Woody, that's what they do.
0: Woody getting, you know, separated. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you, you know, look at Je-
3: Jesse's backstory. Um, it's funny. It's touching. It's heartwarming. It's the gold standard for Pixar that just shows them not only can we do originals, but we can do sequels and make the originals better.
1: Now, one more second. Me, one more if second. I'm
3: wrong. Oh, yeah, please.
1: Boom. It's all on. <laughs>
2: well played good partnership
1: convince (laughs) me i believe this is their this is their third movie right fourth fourth what's third then bug's life bug's life toy
3: story oh you mean oh you mean at that i thought you meant in the franchise you mean at this point pixar Oh, correct no no you're correct. yeah at this point
1: my first notes here are like a concession speech i have a concession (laughs) speech here about wally (laughs) <laughs> Those are my first notes because I had assumed that that is the consensus first pick, but you going the Toy Story route and not even the OG, which I think has credit unto itself oh, for, for sure. being the OG, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. like it's the reason why a rookie card sells for so much more. Sure. Um and if and I also think Toy Story three has become like hipster pick for the films for I, I, the yeah, agree. franchises I agree. Exactly. best film. I, exactly. So I still you love going Toy Story. So you going oh, Toy Story too. two. Oh, yeah. You going Toy Story two, which I rewatched all these films this year, like because I had time. You Really
0: did do your research. Holy crap. <laughs> Well, oh no no no! Sorry, the draft not,
1: guru. Not uh, no just
2: take the credit, Eric. Just psych him out and take the I was credit. Like,
1: yeah, three, That's one. not credit. That is not credit. I did not crush all of these in 2021 since our new impressed. world was born. Point being is the Zerg Darth stuff as a kid went over my head. So like getting that for the first time now was enjoyable as hell. So right. solid pick. It has thrown this draft off the rails immediately. Yeah, which right off the bat because we were coming in expecting a zig, you zagged.
0: Well yeah. see, we were like deciding between because if you can see like Monsters Inc. is my stuff and then Wally's obviously his. And we just had to oh we know, you know, be unbiased and go, okay, overall. What are the what do you we, know? Yeah, what do, what we, do we feel exactly. you know, on an equal
1: standard within yeah. this but company? Don't you think you're taking a risk? I don't think Toy Story. No. Two, I think Toy Story Two is probably considered to be the third or fourth best film of the four.
2: It's got the I, top Rotten Tomatoes audience and critic scores, which I understand we're not necessarily taking that into account. But I, right, I have right. to concede that they are taking a, a mainstream pick right there. Wow. Yeah,
3: I we'll we'll see with your picks if you decide to pick something that will argue within this franchise i'm I, i'm it's hard not these these this franchise all four films are are wonderful films and in a lot of people's top five all four of them you know if you if you really ask a lot of people so it's gonna and that's be to say a
0: lot about like a it's not even a trilogy it's I, what do you call four movies it's a yeah, quad. Just a, just a franchise league. at that point yeah yeah but none of them miss a beat so
1: and I plus mean. now we're sort of getting a prequel in Lightyear, which I have already put as my favorite Pixar film of all time, despite not seeing it. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) Chris
0: Evans on top of that.
2: We're so hyped for it at Postgres. All
1: right. B, do you have thoughts here?
2: I I mean, like I said, I I think they, they zag when we expected a zig, but they're taking a kind of commercially popular and not, not to say not extremely high quality. Of course it is. It's probably the pinnacle of Toy Story. But I I think that was a smart left turn from what we expected. All right, so. But I think our pick's better. So I've got
1: got to go off the cuff here because I didn't even really take notes on this film because I didn't think we'd get it. I, when, when I talk about Toy Story 3 being the hipster pick among the Toy Story films, this is the hipster and also mainstream pick among Pixar fans, I'd say. I think Wally here should have been the first choice. 700 years into the future, mankind will leave our planet. Leaving Earth's cleanup in the hands of one incredible machine. His name is Wally. After all these years, he's developed one little glitch. A personality. And I think it can be explained in the fact that if you showed that in a 100 years, would it be more relevant then than it is now? And how many movies, let alone Pixar films, can you say that about? You take that and add in what amounts to, at the time, was their boldest move, a silent love story. I mean, that's what this is. This yeah, is a sci-fi silent love story. And you get, and even to this day, look, Soul was soul and i think we're we're going to continue to see not only because they're being more inclusive in the types of stories they tell but just because the world is growing so much we're going to see more t- types of souls where they're really pushing the boundary but even counting soul i think wally still remains their most daring attempt and the fact that they stuck the landing to the extent that they did and seeing how it's aged since it comes out and how we're well on our way to becoming those people that they told us exactly yeah and that's true <laughs> you know it's this movie, this, <laughs> this movie to me is and i'm so stoked that i get to talk about it as my pick because i don't even look at this as like one of my favorite pixar films i look at i look at this as one of my favorite films of my lifetime um so thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> now no, listen
3: that, that's the risk we take. You know, we take the best Pixar film in Toy Story 2, which gives you the second best uh, Pixar film in Wally, My personal favorite, so it kind of hurts, and I figured you guys would go that because <laughs> it is a solid film. And you make a lot of strong points. But now i got to play devil's advocate on my favorite film. Sure, you're going to watch it in 100 years, and it's going to mean a little more on the impact, but it's also going to get lost in the shuffle in terms of these characters that people are driving to. You know, you look at these characters that are just thrown in your face throughout the Walt Disney Company, like the Toy Story characters, like even the Bugs Life characters to an extent with the land Sadly, it's gone now. But then you're looking at the Incredibles. You're looking at the Nemo characters. You're looking at these characters that are just thrown in your face, have built franchises on. Um, not a lot of people are going to gravitate. I like it personally. Again, I'm playing devil's advocate I'm, here.
0: I I was literally about
3: to say your whole... Thing. yeah. <laughs> (laughs) people don't gravitate to the silent film stuff like it's it's a shame it's a it's a shame but especially where pixar hits the most which is in the range of ages 10 to about 45 now of course it can go under over with dependent on the uh the film um but the silent thing just doesn't work for everyone i've spoken to a, a, a just multiple people who are just like i can't sit through wally as much as i hate to say it wally isn't the thrown in your face, let me show you what Pixar can do well, outside of a story.
0: Well, with the whole, like you said it best, it's you have these familiar characters that are coming back, and you know, those characters that have the one shot movies, you know, they're going to get, you know, taken down.
2: I understand that. And I think you make a good point as to where do our hearts ultimately lie with these familiar characters. But I think the reason Wally endures is echoing a lot of what Eric said. If you look at the AFI top 100 and, and those films that are chosen to be put into a vault of Congress, you know, to literally survive yeah. an apocalypse in real life, I think Toy Story 2 is wonderful and yet... Wally is a much more daring cinematic adventure that breaks off in a new sci-fi ground for Pixar. Is a silent film and is somehow able to make you care about you know anthropomorphized. I'm no, I'm butchering the pronunciation, but no, 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 no. We yeah, <laughs> but but robots that that have no faces and and no dialogue, and yet you're still able to craft one of the best stories of the entire art. So as an actual cinematic entry in movie history, it's far more ambitious and far more uh, uh, successful at a higher degree of difficulty than Toy Story 2. Thus, I think maybe you're not gonna be all warm and fuzzy about it, but when looking at it side by side, which is the more impressive movie from a storytelling you know, technique standpoint, it's wall No,
0: you're,
2: I totally
3: you're, agree with you're, that. You're, and you're, you're right. You make again. I'm the Wally's my favorite Pixar movie. Yeah. <laughs> again,
2: respect how far you're going to like win lit, the draft. Exactly.
3: <laughs> you make great points, but Pixar did that with a film that's eighth in its library. Where Toy Story two did something amazing, third in its library when animation was not computer generated as the norm just yet. We were still looking at two D animation.
1: Yeah, but Heck does that me. matter? But does that matter in terms of in terms of what we're really talking about here and that is the legacy of this film is how it was does is how it was made really count
3: only in the sense that it was so to me and and to me personally and I'm, i'm sure maybe derek might feel even different but it only matters in the sense that pixar was doing groundbreaking things which in turn extends its legacy with a franchise like toy story but I think you make good points. Trust yeah, me. I think that comes is, into an aspect the, a little
0: bit, but I, I see where Eric's going. I'm I'm gonna have to wash my,
3: my
1: and, and, I, and and, my, and I wanna just make in my a mouth point. for arguing Wally. Right. It's not a it's fun not job. Fun <laughs> um, <laughs> just to loop back to my first point about how it, it will carry more weight as time goes on. I'm not talking about like the tangible viewing experience. I'm talking about its themes and what yeah, no, what, I agree. It, yeah, what yeah, it's trying yeah, to sure. tell us. Yeah. Oh, we, we agree. We think it's bad now could only imagine 20 years from now how much well, what how, how wally looks like the snyder cut nightmare world exactly so they it were yeah, you're yes, part of the curve, you're preaching man. to
2: the choir here I, i'm pretty stoked to sit on a chair and watch tv and be lethargic and fat all day though i'm not gonna oh, yeah. of course
0: but yeah you know um no as the years go on definitely it's gonna make you know a little more impact as it goes on because who knows you know <laughs>
3: i hate that i uh, had to argue that
1: i know <laughs> <laughs> all right well then let's move on you guys next your number two pick take our number two my friend
0: okay so our number two is one of my favorites and i'm not gonna lie i saw this seven times in theater seven times and i was probably about 10 uh we're going incredibles Honey, come to dinner i
1: can't come to dinner i've got the red... i gotta go maybe just a salad and
2: uh yeah oh some rice cakes
0: it's no it's just it gives us our like first um honestly i'm just looking at it as a fantastic four (laughs) so that was just cool for me to see when i was a kid you know just a full group like a whole family of superheroes yeah and it's
3: and basically it's do when we look at superhero movies this was what 2004 when incredibles came out this was at the kind of uprising of you know a couple years after the spider-man films and the first couple x-men films um you know you look at that and you see okay you see an origin story and you see these x-men films but you've never seen a superhero film that dives into what it takes on their personal lives so pixar found a way to show such emotion in terms of depression and what you know working life does to a man when they can't do what they love. And I think we've all experienced that. And that's something Incredibles does really well. And the
0: fact that, you know, we get this sense of aspect where it's not, you know, people don't always want a superhero. You know, all of them eventually, you know, died off or people were against them. So they had to go into hiding. Like you haven't, you didn't see that uh in a superhero. You know, you wanted the superhero to get his powers, fight yeah. and then you have your main villain and then the movie's over. This takes it to where these guys were superheroes and then they started a family. You know, it's it kind of changes the whole outline of what a superhero movie is.
2: I I just can't argue against Incredibles. It was it's in my top 5 Pixar. It was one I was definitely pushing for as we did draft prep. Uh Listen, I I say it's a mix of nostalgic golden era Americana with modernized suburban flight monotony, and I basically said, imagine if American Beauty and the Fantastic Four had a kid friendly baby. That's what I kind of get out of it. And I think oh, to I your totally guys' points too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I also think this marked a turning point for Pixar where they actively began aging up their content a bit. A bit, you know. You think about pre-Incredibles, Toy Story One, A Bug's Life, Toy Story Two, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo. From there. Pixar infused a bit more complexity, a bit more nuance into their movies, and that's not to say that the the pre-2004 lineup was lacking, but I certainly think this is a conscious effort to perhaps broaden the demographic appeal and the kind of thematic depth. And so I, I, I'm arguing for your pick right now. I, I love
1: Incredibles. Well, and now let me pose a counterpoint. You guys are very clearly going for brands and brand names. And I wouldn't say what are considered to be their higher quality of films. Are you sellouts? <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is a great question. Yeah. That, that's the question.
1: <laughs> yeah, this,
2: this draft has we been run too run We run a tonight. Disney
0: site dude. It's hard not to be fell outs <laughs> when we've been doing this for like seven years, you know, <laughs> you just get to know the projects back and forth and you know, you get, and then you show for it as the yeah. kids would say on Twitter.
1: Do you yeah. feel like, like, was that a, was that a plan that you had going into this? Oh, we talked for... about this for weeks, months, for weeks. Like yeah.
0: we started talking about it when we were supposed to be on the podcast the first time. And then, you know, <laughs> stuff got in the way and then we re you know, convened last week, and we're like, oh no, our our list is still pretty solid. Let's see. Let's we're meet.
1: diverging on two paths Broke. here. Because I would say our list. Let's not give away the, our strategy just yet. I, I will say. <laughs> I will say this.
3: I will say this since since it's already happened. You took our number two, so we
1: had to shift. And that is the skill of the draft. It's about know, value. It's, it's about value. So with that said, <laughs> I'm gonna let my man B take our next pick. Hey, go! For it. <laughs> An
2: excellent move by Eric. With our second pick, the post-cred pod is going with inside out. I'm joy. This is sadness. That's anger. Mm-hmm. This is disgust. Uh, and that's fear. Oh, look out!
1: Come on, group hug. You too, anger.
2: Don't touch me. Uh, in pixar's history of inventive kind of core plot ideas you know toys becoming alive a rat can cook you know outside of soul inside out is both pixar's most profound and intrinsically crafted and yet is still able to smash traditional pixar emotions out of the park uh i think unintended yeah there you go (laughs) Uh, i think one thing i really love about it is that it does not talk down to children on the contrary. It elevates kids of all ages as individuals with thoughts and feelings and opinions that deserve to be taken seriously. You know, age does not guarantee wisdom, and we are all entitled to feel our feelings regardless of situation, uh, yeah, regardless of situation, age, whatever. I also think, and this is extremely important in terms of. My rubric of quality, one of Pixar's most rewatchable films over, overall, with, you know, upon repeat viewings, hidden sight gags, deepening thematic resonance that perhaps isn't as jam-packed as, say, like a Finding Dory or a Cars franchise, which is a little, I think, thinner on those uh fronts. And rewatchability is key for kids. I think it's why Disney Plus dominates Nielsen's SVOD movie rankings and minutes watched. And I think it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why Inside Out is our deserving second pick.
3: That's a good pick. Here, Here's what... <laughs> that was great.
2: Yeah, here, here's, I just, I basically just kind of combined me and Eric's thoughts into one spiel.
3: I, I don't think a lot of people... Well, I, I'm sure some do. I I don't think a lot of people understand that Inside Out tackles hardcore depression, mm-hmm. but doesn't throw it in your face. They find a lighthearted way to do it. Um, and that's what made... Amy Poehler so special as the character Joy yeah. and well uh, Parks and Rec yeah. she's just all about joy and then you have <laughs> Phyllis Smith you know voicing sadness who
1: amazing uh, voice cast yeah it's unbelievable oh uh, they yeah nailed
3: nailed who they got for each role you look at those but you it's it really it's the journey of joy and sadness and how our everyday lives joy can lead to sadness and sadness can lead to joy and I remember get, walking out of um uh inside out out of a screening and just being kind of blown away that they were able to tell such a you know a deep story in such a unique way that both kids and and even adults can like look at it in different ways and i think that's what makes There's it also so a great, sense you know. of
0: loss in it too
3: yeah. yeah um hard to argue inside out because it's such a it's such a vehemently different
1: Pixar mm-hmm. film. Like, let me uh chime into why I thought that we should take this pick. And again, this is sort of why the draft is not so much about what you think are the best. Is can you build the best team? And we see you guys going for brand names, and I would argue that post, like the post, like that sort of Cars sequel, post Wally Hayes that they were in for a few years. Like I would say, the last decade of their films, Inside Out is perhaps their marquee film in terms of brand names, in terms of, I'm pretty sure it won the Academy Award. So I think it fulfills uniquely both branding status in terms of being a big name. And as B said, like an incredibly intricate, in-depth, complex, emotional film. Hey, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, again,
3: again, <laughs> Inside Out's a, a good one. Inside Out was on our list. So don't worry, we're shifting here. Yeah, um, I like that. But we're shifting in a good way. We're, we're, we're making the switch right now. We are, oh, We are going okay. to
0: do it. Oh, I could talk about this film for ages. Okay, so we're going Monsters, Inc. Roz, you're looking fabulous today. Is that a new haircut? Come on, tell me. It's a new haircut, isn't it? It's got to be a new haircut, new makeup.
2: You've had a lift. You've had a tuck. You've had something. Yeah! Morning, Sully. Morning, Sully. How
0: you doing, big guy? Go get him, Mr. Sullivan. And Morning. let me tell you why Monsters, Inc first of all uh at film school we had this transmedia class and we had to uh you know kind of it's it's telling uh the same kind of like the same property through different mediums different you know um so i wrote a sequel to monsters inc that's cool uh my teacher told me to submit it to disney
2: That's extra cool.
0: It's really good. And we'll, yeah. we'll we'll try and make sure to share it with you.
3: One yeah.
2: Time. I was going to say, like, mean. you know, even though we're, we're fucking enemies right now, I would actually really really like to read that script.
0: Yeah. Um. So the reason why it's my favorite, I think it has probably the best idea. And what I mean idea is you take something so simple as monsters under your bed. Okay. Something simple that every kid is probably scared about. You check the closet, blah, blah, blah. They turn that into a full functioning world. And they, it's so fluid to where you're never second guessing like what aspects of Monsters Inc are kind of just, I don't know, made up, I guess. Well, it's all made up, but you, you get what I'm trying to say. And they have the fact for, you know, like the screams they, you know, and going through different doors and, Monsters assigned to kids, and you know, there's this whole life just for monsters, and even Monsters University, there's a college. Derek, to-
1: just to make your point, outside of their flagship franchise, which is Toy Story, this one's still going. They've got that show yes. coming out this June, I, I and believe. And I'm so, so
0: excited. Yeah.
1: So, the, oh, and, and I believe Sully and all them are going to be in it. So, if you mm-hmm. effectively count that as Monsters Inc., three, you look at a franchise that's sustained 17 years now
0: that's what I think is so special about it how it it has lasted this long yeah but it's really hard for me to find another Pixar movie with a better idea than monsters Inc and, and I that's think, just me
3: and it's what's really cool is when you really think about it as a film to the monsters we are the humans under the bed in the closet like we are we are the aliens and monsters to them mm-hmm. and that's just such a unique idea and they get freaked out by them
1: and I'd say to Brandon's point, how and I'm the same way, I rank re-watchability very high, and I can make my point by pivoting to what I do best, and that's Batman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the man is consistent.
1: The Dark Knight she is is not is yes, it's probably the best superhero comic book film of all time, but it's also the best of those Christopher Nolan's Batman films. But I totally would argue. I would argue Batman Begins is actually the franchise's most rewatchable movie. It's lighter, it's breezier, it's shorter. It's not as a thinking man's film. It's it, 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 it doesn't weigh you down with as much psychological thoughts as The Dark Knight or even the nowhere near as good Dark Knight Rises. So I think your pick here has some of that to it. Monsters, Inc., I don't think anyone would call Pixar's best, but it is oh. in... It, it is inherently watchable. You Either just landed on me, Derek's or... hit list. Hold <laughs> on. Just because it's his, his favorite, does that mean you think it's their best? Like, I don't, I think those are two very unique, distinct things.
0: Those coincide with me, but okay. you know,
1: it's all, okay. you know, okay. user preference. See, I think that best is a conversation of the public Whereas favorite is a conversation among yourself. Yeah. I'm trying to say that I agree with your point that it sustains for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that is because you could throw it on at any time, any age, with any age group that you're with, and it will entertain.
0: And you're suddenly, you know, gonna know who they are. Doesn't even they don't even have to release the title. You're gonna see who they are and go, oh, that's my consultant.
1: Right.
2: I was yeah, going to like yeah, come job. in with cool. some big thesis, but like the only thing that's going on in my head is like, put that thing back where he came from. Put that <laughs> back where he came. That's, you know, I, I can't, I can't think of anything else to say, but that stupid little song that yeah. I love so yeah. much. <laughs> All
1: right. So are we up here? Our third pick, right? All right. Yeah. So okay. with our third pick, and this is fascinating because I never really found this film until later in life. Obviously because it when it came out and my age. Part of that is because I am not a song and film guy. I hate when people break out into song. But with that said, our number three pick is Coco.
2: Uh, oh, it's you. You're gonna get me in trouble, Dante! Someone could hear me. I wish someone wanted to hear me. Other than you.
3: <laughs> Ew, okay.
2: I know, I'm not supposed to love music. No music, no music. (laughs) But my great-grandma Coco's father was the greatest musician of all time. Papa? Ernesto de la Cruz. One day, he left with his guitar and never returned. Now my family thinks music is a curse. Great
0: because Ooh, That is a, good, yeah, pick. That is a really good pick. Son of a bitch. Because let's
1: talk about what these films are, right? These are animated. And I would say that this is Pixar's most, you know, outside of the great before in Soul, I would say that this is maybe their most visually striking, unique, gorgeously animated film. That land of the dead with, with just the endless colors is just beautiful to look at. You know, when you talk about those Pixar feelings, what it conjures up, it the idea of like like laying that concept of you being remembered as long as somebody still alive remembers you is so fucking profound <laughs> and like lob and like somehow Trojan horsing that into a fucking children's musical that Star Skulls is an unbelievable <laughs> feat. I think it has one of the best Pixar twists that his hero turns out to be this monstrosuous prick who murdered somebody. Like yeah. this is a film that- oh, Dark
2: left turn. This, this is a film that
1: delves in very dark themes. And again, it's a children's film and this is something that we've seen them expand on with Soul. Um, you know, as I've said, I'm not a, I have said i am not aii do not like when they break out into song and films, but if you're not deeply moved by that, Ending where he returns to you know his home and he sings the to song. his oh, grandma yeah. and she and she remembers her father. I mean all of that stuff is I don't like I think that that stuff is more devastating to adults than kids. I would yeah. reckon that if you put fifty adults and their kids in those rooms, the adults would be the one crying. So, and that's why I think that you're sort of going for brands, whereas we're sort of going for quality of film and not there's there's no one right or wrong way i don't think i don't think anyone would confuse coco for one of pixar's top five most famous but if you look at it as a movie in terms of what you're seeing what you're hearing and what you're feeling it's as pound for pound as strong as they have
2: and i just like to add to that you know i i hate when people are like you're such an sjw i I think that's such a stupid turn term You know what intrigues and compels and excites me as a white guy from suburbia? Learning about different cultures and seeing people that I don't recognize or or, or am not familiar with in terms of my upbringing and my culture. So learning about, you know, uh, de los um, muertos, and I apologize if I'm butchering that. Dios
0: de los muertos.
2: Thank you, thank you, yes.
0: Wow, you even rolled the R a little bit there, these Cali boys. I I (laughs) I worked at a Mexican restaurant for eight years. It, I picked it up.
2: <laughs> Great. Yeah. See, so so learning about different cultures and, and the way uh, different families value different things—that's interesting to me because we're finally branching out into completely different territory in Pixar. And Coco was the first non-white lead, so I love that.
3: Yeah. Wow. It. And what's funny is Coco was actually going to be one of our picks. Um, and the reason why is I, pretty I sure it was our
0: next pick. Yeah. So. <laughs>
3: So to to go on with your point, Eric is w- there are some films that really hit us and tell these deeper meaning stories that we were going to go for. So we're we're having to zag when you guys are the ones really zagging on us. Um, and here's why, just really quick to kind of make your point on uh, Coco is I have a a close friend, a close family friend, and his mom is suffering from Alzheimer's. She's in her early seventies. He's in his late thirties and she does not remember who he is when she's standing right in front of him but he has this bear that when he pushes this bear's hand it's him when he was 12 years old singing his mama song and when he plays that bear his mom who has been suffering from this sad sad disease for five years ultimately clicks with her somehow some way after listening to this stuffed teddy bear that the man standing in front of her is now her son and it's and for some reason when i watch coco that final scene she's suffering from alzheimer's or dementia or whatever it is but there's little moments in you know with family and your loved ones that just clicks and coco did that such an amazing way that's why i was going to pick coco next and i just wanted to kind of give you a little props on that one because that's a that's a great pick and that's, that's why amazing. it's
1: wild what they're doing right it's like and that's why I think it's important to discuss why it doesn't I don't think it matters the technology behind that are going in to make these films that's why yeah. I think your Toy Story 2 film is valid because when somebody sees that as time goes on they're not going to think about oh the CGI that's gone into that they're just going to worry about wiping their eyes because they're absolutely leveled <laughs> exactly. by the story they've just seen. And I think that that is Pixar, and because it is animated, it is therefore somewhat ageless. Yes, animation will improve, but generally, especially now that we're in the era of computers, it'll remain timeless. So films like Coco, that end like that, with that sort of gut punch, you know, you you can't beat it. Yeah, yeah. All are up next on that note, fourth pick. Yeah,
0: now Uh. you take this one, I took the last two. Sure.
3: (laughs) Um, so we're, here's why we're going to take this one. I think we, when we watch Pixar films, we like journeys. Like we, we watch these for journeys. We watch them because we love the comedy. We love the, the emotion things. We you guys are not gonna take fucking onward. Are you? L- hang on. Hang on. <laughs> listen, listen, you know, we connect to these funny characters. We connect to these characters that are unstable even, and they make them work for, you know, families of all ages. Like, you look at these characters in Finding Nemo. All
0: right, Dory, let's go over this one more time. We know your memory's not the best. Yep, can't remember diddly. I know. Can't remember squat. That's right. Diddly squat. Diddly squat. Now, up, Dory, over here. Now, listen to me. We need to ask for directions. Uh Directions. You gotta be low-key. Low-key. Because fish in this part of the reef, very skittish. Skittish. All right? You got that? Uh Uh-huh. You're sure?
1: Yeah.
0: You don't remember a word, do you?
1: Nope, nothing in my noggin.
2: Okay.
3: Here's and when you, you know you, you, the opening movie, you, you know you you're you're thing. already experiencing. Loss. Yes, I was 13 when that movie came out. I sat in there and I'm like, oh, cool. It's a you know we I barely remember the trailer i I believe the teaser trailer was just dory if i'm not mistaken so you didn't they didn't give you too much that's what was the beautiful thing about trailers back in the day especially these pixar ones they were very they used to be very secretive with their trailers so you go and sit in this movie and you you know you're seeing this this husband and wife clownfish, and you think they're so in love and you're about to go on this journey and they have so many kids and you're gonna meet you're gonna see the deep blue sea and you're gonna go on this journey and what happens you see a barracuda and it's the creepiest silence I'd ever heard. It took sound and the way they made sound in the water, you could just hear the water just gently brushing and all, you know, something bad's going to happen. And, you know, she goes to save the kids. You think the dad's going to survive? Nope. The mother ends up dying and one kid survives, and it's a kid with, and by kid, yeah, it's a fish, obviously. Um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm saying kids, Thank you for that, children. for that detail. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, but
2: it just, it proves how emotionally anchored you yeah, are. Cause, no,
3: cause, for sure, I totally agree, I could not agree more. So, it, it's telling us this story about, a basically, a child
0: with a disability. I was just about to say that, like a birth yeah. defect.
3: Yeah, and... You know, it's a single father. We all know those single fathers, even single mothers. Yeah, yeah. hello. (laughs) Pixar did such an, and you can even make an argument. It was the first time they dealt with tragedy, um, in a Pixar film. And you, as this movie starts to flush out
0: twice too.
3: Yeah, as this movie starts to flush out kidnapping. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, as the movie starts to flush out, you know, it's a journey about everything a parent can do to save their child. And on this journey, you meet new friends. You you're risking your life to save someone. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to tell. And for Pixar to tell that with these characters, like with fish, you know, they do this with all their movies. You know, you guys were just uh, you know, talking about, you know, Wally, and they were talking about it with robots instead of humans. It's crazy. It's like finding Nemo is basically, you know, fish taken. That's what that is. It's fish <laughs> taken and that's uh, an
2: amazing analogy yeah <laughs> hilarious too like when and i, I don't think
1: back on it the dread is real but also it's a it's a deeply funny movie i use the the when the fish are all in those bags and they all roll out and they're all like yay 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 <laughs> now what like i still use that as a meme to this day because it still cracks me up oh it's, it's hilarious
3: <laughs> my last point is you you know a handful of addresses but I bet you all still remember P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way Sydney. I don't know how you can't get that out of your head after all these years. Um, so that's why we're going
0: Finding Nemo. I don't know if you have anything you want to add. to.
2: No, Finding you literally
0: Nemo. touched on everything that I wanted to say. So you guys.
2: <laughs> Brandon? I, my, my only rebuttal isn't a logical or intellectual argument. It's completely personal. I was 12-ish when Finding Nemo came out. And it was obviously such an immediate huge hit that just, it was so overplayed around me in my environment that it has fallen out of my top 10 Pixar movies because I am I was so sick of it in middle school because of how played it was. You nailed That's, it.
1: Because I was just going to say, like, this is one of the Pixar films that I haven't gone and rewatched that much. And I think it's because I was so inundated with it as a kid. I think the rewatchability
3: was there in the 2000s. And then all of a sudden it was so rewatchable that... Now that we're older, we're like, ah, I can still quote that movie, right? And right, right. Seen it twenty thousand times. Yeah, it's yeah. I I, th- but I that's think not that's a, like a very, an argument.
2: That's not a it, rebuttal it, to your it, point. It's,
3: no, no, I, and it's fair. Like, trust me, I think we've all seen Finding Nemo way too many times, and it's kind of just falling out, falling out of the the realm of what's Pixar and rewatchable now because of what that movie was. Plus, it was like the first movie that really in in computer generated outside of Shark Tale, I guess. Um, I that think shark, shark. too. <laughs> yeah, shark sure, does funny. A little little uh, good A lot of white fish can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> yeah. Martin Scorsese shark with his eyebrows. Oh, cracks me. Yeah, up. exactly. You know, it, it's it yeah, has I, charm. Yeah, I, I think you make a valid little argument there. I, I I can't disagree with that. Fair enough.
1: B, do you want to take our fourth pick here?
2: All right. With our fourth pick, we are going with up. Dr. are you in need of any assistance today, sir? No. I could help you cross the street. No. I could help you cross your yard. No. I could help you cross your- No. Ow. Oh, now, God, I just told Derek we're taking it. up next. God damn it! Let us be real, gentlemen. The opening scene to Up is very likely the pinnacle of all of Pixar, the very best one sequence entry in the storied studio's entire history.
0: It still well, makes me cry.
2: Yeah, it, as it Every should. Every time. If you don't cry, you're a fucking serial killer. Exactly. That's what
0: I, think. <laughs> I literally have used that exact terminology. It's
2: so true because wading through a couple's life together, their meet cute, their developing romance, their wedding, growing old together, and sadly, their death. It provides a snapshot of everything that makes us human, their love, their hopes, their dreams, their everyday reality. It is an undeniably beautiful scene that elicits tears from every conceivable demographic And I know people say, understandably so, it peaks in that first scene. It does. But when you're peaking and coming down from like an A plus to an A, I can accept that drop and that decline. Oh, it's not that dramatic. The rest of the movie more than carries itself uh, uh, well enough to be an all-time Pixar entry. And I fucking love it. And And Eric has the best point of our entire
1: argument. I I just have two quick points here. One, I would say that the up house is outside of the the lamp and that ball is maybe the most iconic Pixar image that there is. Totally. I think there's a lot of iconic Pixar iconography in this film. I do agree with the general rap about it. You know, once the house takes off, it does sort of decline, but only because you're coming off such a high. But in that the back half of the film, it features talking dogs. So...
2: That's the number, uh,
1: that's the number one point. You cannot be a talking dog. That's it. <laughs> talking dogs. The end. Man, it's a
2: that's a
3: tough one, to argue because we were. I was literally as you were saying up. And I he, was I was like silver, and he was like
1: pointing up. I was like we're taking So ass, we've so the we've the the snaked you on Wally. Well, you gave up Wally, yeah. but we've snaked yeah. you on Wally, Coco, and Up so far, right?
3: Yeah, Wally yeah. probably would have been a consensus number one pick outside of Toy Story Two, yeah. if.
1: When coming
2: into this, on my we melded our top ten list and did strategy. To, I had Toy Story Two as the best overall Pixar film, so was, I'm not, you know, arguing with your first pick. Oh, oh yeah, really our, our top be, oh. our
0: top
3: tens were not the same either. We just had yeah. to we we put them together basically because we were we're like, okay, we, we have to just combine them. We can't yeah. just. So it's a mix of um. So uh, to be fair, I knew while he was gonna get taken, but I we wanted to go Toy Story Two. Like that was the film we yeah. knew like. It's just so iconic to us, and as as kids, even. Um, so this is our last pick.
2: Yep. Yeah, last pick. Then, so we're then look, we'll we're looking at it. the
3: list because we we uh, we've been taking some uh, we've been we doing some last minute oddball drafting. Sometimes when you're drafting, and for those that you know play fantasy football, you know when Patrick Mahomes is there, some sometimes you need to take that you know that flyer that Justin Herbert, and uh, I think that's what we're gonna do. And I think I'm gonna let. You know, he doesn't know this, but I'm going to let, uh, from this list right here, I'm going to let my co-host take the last pick.
0: We're going soul.
2: Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first show's at seven.
1: Yes! woohoo! You know what that's going to say? Joe Gardner! <laughs> I did it! I got the gig!
0: And it seems uh, all of our picks seem to have this, this consensus of like handling death. And, you know, trying to make it normal and not something, you know, scary that you're like, oh God, you know, one day it's going to happen. Like what's, what's going to happen. It gives you like a sense of calmness, I guess. And with, with, with soul, I'm sure we all have been there where, uh, you know, you're, you're, you have this passion and you can't really, you know, you're trying your hardest to do it. And, you know, just like, uh, uh, I forget his first name. Joe. Joe. Um, and he doesn't really get to experience that. And he goes through this whole time warp, you know, uh switches places with what a cat. <laughs> that still makes me which was up. a
1: curveball I did not see coming. Like I did not see that either. Before that, you're like, all right, I'm digging this vibe, but where is this actually going? And then that sort of to be fair though, while I enjoy that, I think that's where it takes a turn into like traditional Pixar fair where I think. Uh, the end of the means was worth it. Like I think the gut punch here absolutely hits. Mm-hmm. But this, but that was when it sort of took that shift from whoa, this is experimental, mind-expanding shit to, all right, now we're back in a traditional kids film.
0: Right. And I and I agree with that aspect. Um, what do you have anything to say? I I would say I I see what you're saying there, but it still
3: finds a way to tell a deeper meaning like. There's so many beautiful scenes when Joe is a cat and he is watching, uh, in the uh, you, like the leaves. Oh, the exactly that's a great point. I was gonna say, you know, the barbershop, he's yeah. such an odd that 22 in his body is asking questions that makes this guy feel better and not talk about, you know, the bar- the so barbershop scene a, is probably yeah. one of the best scenes in that movie. I think the hospital scene is my favorite. The hospital <laughs> scene's great. Um, and then you, when uh, when he, they go to, oh, I need to get a new suit. They go to his mom's tailor and you know, it's time to stand up to the mom and you know, he's always he could never do it, but was able to do it through someone else. And he's just so in awe of someone
0: just living life to the fullest and looking at it from the outside view of like, yeah, like this is, you know, it's the, him, but it's not him. And i was looking at it from a third person. Well, point.
1: it is the definition. My mom, when I grew up, and I remember, like, let's say you would complain about the food that your mom and dad <laughs> gave you, right? Like, I don't want to eat green beans or some shit. No, oh, macaroni. You no, know, my parents, my mom boiled hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, my mom would say my to me, man. you know, there are kids who are starving. You have to put your life in perspective and understand everything you have. I didn't get that as a kid, right? Because back then For I was sure. like, you could say that about everything. It's not my fault that I am not worse off. You know, what am I supposed to do about that? (laughs) Obviously, as I got older, I under, I came to understand what that meant. And soul is the epitomization of that. It so beautifully crystallizes how we overlook what truly defines life. I think soul, as I said before, I think best and favorite are not the same things. Soul I think is probably creeping its way into my top five because when brandon says how that up sequence is pixar's best soul's montage at the end where joel thinks back on his life is is a grand slam in the ninth inning yeah. of the world series level hit i mean there is great analogy it is <laughs> it is not only and i pointed this out to b when we did our soul pod the animation here looks sharper than it ever has. So not only are you seeing these beautiful illustrations of monotonous everyday life, but because of the message of, of the film, you're like, Oh my God, a subway ticket, a bagel. Like you're fucking <laughs> yeah, wiping yeah, yeah. the tears, yeah. Like you can't handle <laughs> it. Of, tootsie pop <laughs> because of the, because of the unbelievable work that they've done to get there. And and I'm not even going to fight you on Soul because I think Soul. Yeah, Soul, damn it, Eric. Whose team are you on, my man? Because <laughs> well, I really <laughs> about face. The real more hard. the more I watch Soul, and, gets and, one. And, and and the fact that it came out during this pandemic when we're all craving just a little bit of everyday life. Oh, uh, make a better point than we did on Soul.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fuck,
3: man.
1: You know. So I just yeah, great pick. Um, I love Soul. I am so fucking stoked that we got to talk about it because we're not going to take it with our last pick, but fantastic sweet man we appreciate that <laughs>
3: it, it, and it's funny because you say soul's creeping into your top five i will be 100 honest soul is creeping into my top 10 <laughs> i just find soul to be fascinating it's just it, wait top it, it's 10 of, of all time i'm saying my top five
1: pixar. pixar no i'm saying top 10 pixar oh so you're taking something that's not even in your top 10 with your last only,
3: only because i think uh something like soul means some something a little more to my co-host here, who's in the world of music, his you know his wife's in music. He you know soul means that much more, and I just I can f- cool. find and argue why soul just means so much. And the reason why it's creeping into the top ten is because you got so many films in Pixar, and when you're you're looking at these, re- you've already made the argument, Eric and Brandon, you these rewatchability factors. Like you know, I watched Soul on a whim in a pandemic where. You know, something like Onward, you know, we were just getting into that pandemic, but Onward didn't make it. And Onward is hits very close to home with me because I'm a brother and he's a brother. But mm-hmm. there was something about Soul that just tells a deeper meaning story. And yeah. um, it, it's it, like I say, it's creeping into my top ten. But
1: I'm going to kill two birds with one stone here. I'm going to call you out and I'm going to reveal our plan. Our plan was, Skylar, you have tweeted your favorite Pixar
2: <laughs> of all
1: time. And, and by the way, we had
2: that tweet back in January.
1: Oh yeah. god.
2: That's hilarious. Additionally,
1: Derek, you had tweeted that Monsters Inc. was your top all time. God damn it. But you, you have really to do your research. You have Soul here third. Yeah. What Listen, the hell is up with that? You weren't supposed
3: to bring that up. <laughs>
1: Because I wanted Eric, you, Eric.
3: Ah, that is let, amazing. Let, let me tell
2: you why. That I, is amazing.
3: Let me tell you why I did that. Creepin because I was top
2: ten.
1: I was, okay, because <laughs> you were trying to race Disney.
3: I wanted no, yeah, right. No, I wanted to. You know how I just brought up Onward? I was hoping that I would make you guys curveball your way into picking Onward.
2: On <laughs> the top five, and yeah. I and that's I'm coming from a little brother as well, so it means a lot to me. No. But no. Oh, but no. I, really I, like, I, I don't like
3: even Onward. know where I have Onward. I think Onward might be like 11 or 13 on
2: there.
1: Onward is not as bad as its rep was, but... Yeah, I like Onward. I enjoyed it. I do, I loved so Onward. Wait, so where do you genuinely rank Soul, then? Is it your third Pixar film? Or oh, is it is my really... third. I wanted oh, so to curveball... you're curve trying boss. to mindfuck us right now? Yeah,
0: I wanted <laughs> to curveball you into Onward, by the way. I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> this is all do Derek, don't, yeah. don't
2: throw he, your partner he just... under the bus. <laughs> what... Is...
0: I'll throw them under the bus all day. I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> so, so with those two tweets, um, one from that we that we've been talking about since January, and Derek yours more recently, we constructed like a combination of what we what we really thought was our favorites, and also a strategic workaround of what we thought you were gonna pick. And while we didn't, of,
3: expect- we we were gonna. So, in reality, we were gonna pick Wally Coco and up for sure. Like that was like in our like our realm. We knew we were gonna take Toy Story 2 because we had the number one pick. Like, that's what we wanted.
1: Alright, so run through your five picks quick before we do our fifth. Okay, so we went...
0: We went Toy Story 2. We went Incredibles. Incredibles. We went uh, Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo and Soul. Soul. Okay, so we so far
1: have Wally, Inside Out, Coco, Up, and with our fifth pick, B, onward. I, I will let you take <laughs> Take I know what I think. I know what
0: Monsters you're University. Come on, are, let me hear it.
3: We <laughs> are going. Cars two. Cars two. No, I <laughs> we think I know what you guys are taking. What? We what? Guess. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think you see
0: it's you so on confident. On. Yeah. I
3: think I, I don't think you're going toys I think you're gonna go Ratatouille right here. All right, those are our two picks here. But B,
1: go ahead.
2: Ultimately, those are the two we were deciding between. We're going back to where it all started. We're going to original Toy Story. Ooh. Definition of a game changer. Without the success of Toy Story, there is no Pixar. And There's if no Toy do, Story 2! Yeah, there's no Toy Story 2. If we do want to bring How in the technical <laughs> aspects, first ever fully CG animated film, so an industry-shifting achievement. Now, Toy Story specifically... One of the most efficient movies of the modern era. Not Pixar, just of the last 25, 30 years. At a slim 81 minutes, you can easily also make the case that Toy Story, the launching pad, basically creates what is, in my opinion, one of the, if not the most consistently high-quality blockbuster series over the last 25 years. Four movies, not a miss of the bunch. It's a tale about earnest friendship and surviving the ups and downs that come with any relationship weathering the changes we go through as people as we grow and develop and debating whether or not you can grow and develop alongside someone without stifling them or growing apart which is really powerful stuff and then at the end of the day it's laugh out loud hilarious and arguably the best cast Pixar film
0: there's uh there's oh. also an aspect where you know we all saw this you know young and you would leave your room and then quickly open the door to make sure your toys aren't wearing a lot.
2: Facts. I kind if of we all still do did that. that. <laughs> I'm almost 30 and I still do that. All right, Anakin, come
0: on, come to life.
2: right, <laughs> Again,
3: where it's hard to argue that first toy story. Um, because it's so iconic it really brought you no, know you, you hit the nail on yeah, the head. It, it is
0: it literally like set the groundwork for what Pixar is to I mean
3: you can make an argument that the short film looks so junior. If it wasn't for that okay, and you're deep and, in way diver than yeah, me. Yeah, but if you if you didn't show that to the board of directors, and Toy Story would have never gotten the green light. Um, I'm just making a silly argument here though. Yeah, and uh, if my mom
1: and dad don't have sex, that I'm not born. You can't you can't go for that. Are you gonna, are like, you gonna you say, say that's a li- are you gonna
3: say that's a lie or are you gonna say that's the truth?
1: <laughs> no, but you know, this is a it, No, it, I'm kidding. I you know am kidding. No, no, no I know kidding. same, but it's, I get I I get your point. But when we're talking about like the touchdown, yeah, the the Touchstone, the beginning point. It is Toy Story. It's, it's 81 it, minutes. This...
2: I don't know how they did that. In 81 <laughs> minutes, I have had phone calls that accomplished less. <laughs> <four> <laughs> <time. We have. laughs> yeah. I've had work meetings that went for two hours and we got nothing done. Oh, my yeah. wife
0: was in a four hour meeting today and uh, I totally feel you.
2: <laughs> that's a fucking war crime.
3: It's a it's a Toy Story is a great way to kind
1: of close it out. It's uh
0: yeah, it's where it all began, literally. Right. that's the draft i mean that's Maybe. it
1: i we there was a world where if here's how far sliding door worlds we went if you took wally up we were gonna go ratatouille next interesting yeah that I, is how that is I like how, Ratatouille a lot that is how because you have that in your top five so our game plan was we went because we only could based on that tweet right and you have I believe, two Toy Story films in your top five. Yes, I believe that. I'm so
0: glad I didn't post my letterbox. And it's not a Toy Story. Wait, no,
1: Derek, I looked you up. You don't have a Pixar ranking. That's on purpose. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm smart just kidding. man. I haven't done he was
2: expunging his whole timeline in um, preparation so, so
1: what we figured is we were li- willing to let you take your top three. Your top three picks, we were willing to let you have Wally, Toy Story 3, and Soul. Boom! 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 Toy sorry, two and Incredibles. And we, no! 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 I'm saying based on your tweet. Of oh, your- oh, oh! Based on oh. based on so based on how we looked Our at it, player. we were we were willing to let you have those three, and I was gonna cut you off at four and and like pick around you.
3: It couldn't be all on me because his number one and my number one are so drastically different that we had to shuffle our, ours. Of course, so what of course, we of course. Did...
0: But my number one has not changed in almost 20 years. Yeah, so... <laughs> I do we... respect that.
3: <laughs> so what we did was kind of just based on average position and Toy Story 2, based on average position, for us, moved it up. Yeah. Smart. So that's why Wally dropped it two because we, we we just did not... We were not going to take our favorite.
0: It was the first one we agreed upon, like, okay. Like, this is yeah. our number one.
3: Yeah, oh, listen,
2: right. again, I and I agree. I, I think Toy Story 2 is probably the best feature in Pixar. So I understand that as a one. But we combined, you know, what our opinions were with strategy. Yeah. We we
3: thought about strategy and then we're like, no, let's just let's just fight over what we think should be in our top five. So we <laughs> then, fought, yeah, we fought amongst ourselves. So it was Diz Insider versus Diz Insider before being. It took a <laughs> whole it
0: took credit. a whole 81 minutes for us to get our top 10. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so our let's uh, so all right let's just recap one more time before we close out the show here we took with our top five wally inside out coco up and toy story one Strong. you guys go ahead <laughs> we'll
0: see we'll see we took first toy story two Incredible. then it was incredibles then monsters inc finding nemo. finding nemo and soul
2: and you guys listening have to vote on which you think is the better top 5 roster, which is the strongest team of Pixar films. Come on
0: Disney, let's go. <laughs> Come
3: okay, on. Let me be 100% honest. If I it would be so hard even with Wally there, like if I was looking at Mine and You like uh, yours and ours, I would very very much have a hard time picking between the two by the way. Like I'm, I, think I it would depends look, on Pixar.
1: what you want from these films, right? Like right, exactly. I am mo- I am most impressed when they knock me out. That's what yeah, I exactly. like no, most yeah. about this brand. Mm-hmm.
2: And I I think me and Eric were aligned in, and this is no shots at these movies, but I think Eric and I were both aligned that Finding Nebo and probably Monsters Inc. weren't in either of our like must have category, you know. Yeah. So that helped in terms of like, all right, concede those.
0: Yeah. Well, also like just speaking of Monsters Inc. again, you know. It all comes for personal preference.
2: Yeah, I but, listen. I love Monsters. It's in my. I was top like, 10. you
0: cannot sit here and say that's one of the best ideas that Pixar's ever come up with.
2: I, I love Monsters. I, okay. I think I have it in <laughs> mind, but like we were willing to let a couple of those go because we neither of us were like must have, which I think freed us up to be a little bit more flexible since we, yeah, we would have, on what we were willing to give up. I, I think, think
1: what is going to define this draft is if the public <laughs> agrees with your choice to give up Wally at first pick. I, that's going to be tough. But, I know but again, to highest
2: level. Rotten Tomatoes critic and yeah. audience scores, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Well,
0: I trust you, Brandon. You know box office. so
2: <laughs> Yeah, but that's critics. That's, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. Well, yeah, right.
0: I know, but critic score too, yeah.
1: See, Twitter questions. These are Twitter questions from at post pod. Hit us up whenever we fire off the tweet. We will obviously want to talk about all the upcoming content with y'all. This one comes from Elliot underscore Bull2. How which oh this is
0: this is our boy right here which is pixar
1: it? film do you guys think would work if it was a live action film i'm
0: pretty sure she asked us Holy that question shit. for our podcast today
3: and i honestly think the one that would work best is really the one question. that's grounded in reality the most and it's probably up <laughs> that's i'd a say sold. damn good answer that's a I'd damn say good sold.
2: answer
3: too yeah it's um it's, it's, you know what a brave, to, to- brave. Brave would probably be really cool. Oh, oh, great, call. great call. I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: This one comes from our boy, Eric Blakeney. You're going to have to tell us if it's Eric Blackney or Blakeney. Uh, what is your favorite Pixar short follow-up? Why isn't it Jerry's Game? I've not seen <laughs> oh, it. Oh, is, it is
3: easily Jerry's Game.
1: Uh, wow. I, so I, get I get sunned, Eric. That. Sorry, pal. Yeah. Um, this Oops. one comes from at Computer Persons. Thoughts on the Pixar theory? I fucking love it. Blows yeah, my mind. Sad. Yeah, John Negroni. I, John Negrone.
2: I, I yeah, think he yeah, follows I,
1: us as
3: well. So shout yeah, out. he follows. He follows yeah, me yeah, and Skyler yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Yeah, I've been on his podcast a couple yeah, times. Yeah. I support it. A great time. It, it's he makes such a great argument. It gets harder and harder as these new films come out because he's. It's you got to retool the theory. Dude, I
1: first saw that, but it's in crazy. College and I had my fucking skull peeled back, man. I was just, <laughs> yeah. I was oh absolutely God. mind blown. Uh, and then the final one here from at. Marky Mark 987 does Pixar need to evolve at all? That's not a knock on them, but after 20 years and 30 films is there anything new that they should try to do? I th- I would I disagree. I think they're,
0: I think they're Doing on the that. right track. I think they're they're taking these topics of, you know, something that's hard to deal with and, you know, something that you would never expect and putting that out and making their own thing. So I th- yeah. I don't I think they're on the i think they're on the climb not you know going downhill because every single one of these in the past at least five years have been hits i mean
3: yeah, yeah there was that point with sequels but really just well, to really quickly yeah. touch on this like the last you know going into the next five six years you know you look at it coco soul onward turning right Year, light year, yeah, yeah. light year light year light year, <laughs> light year yes light year
2: <laughs> you know so right, i B. think it's there yeah Take all right out. Well, Thank you so much, Diz Insider guys, for for coming on the show. Anyone who's not familiar with them, go follow them on Twitter, Instagram. I think it's just at Diz Insider, right? Yes. Or
0: no, at the Diz Insider.
2: At the Diz Insider. Uh, please leave us a review on Apple
1: Podcasts. Yes, Spotify, that's the most important thing expect. of all. Fuck all these stupid <laughs> kids shit. Leave us a review. <laughs> and- <laughs> please
0: leave a review for these guys. These guys are the
2: shit. I Thank appreciate you. that. And Thank over you. the next, you know, 10 to 15 days, post pod will be tackling the season premiere of Falcon and Winter Soldier and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So stay tuned for that.
1: And awesome. yeah, we have got we have got plenty of Disney stuff coming up this spring, so I'm sure we will talk to y'all. Also, uh, we're gonna bring you. Uh,
0: we'll, we'll talk details, but you guys are gonna be coming on our podcast too. Make we'll make now we're cooking. All yeah. right, boys. Brandon's Thank been you. there once, and we had a great time. Okay. We got a one.
1: My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius.